Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. So what's the big deal about Israel these days? What's all the controversy about? Land for peace, constant tensions from neighbors to the north, while formerly hostile neighbors to the south speak of peace and cooperation. Well, for some in the church, it's not a big deal. Many believe in God turned his face from this covenant people long ago, gave them up and returned to his place. For others, all the hassle is over a land dispute. And once Arabs and Jews get their act together and reach some permanent agreement on real estate, all will be well and both sides can get on with life. Well, (laughs) there's still another group who see God's covenant with this unusual people as everlasting and, yes, non-negotiable. That the Bible clearly states in both Hebrew scriptures of the old and the, the writings of the new, that the land, and, and quite a significant portion of it, was given to Israel by covenant. Yes, by God. And, and that said, here's the problem. God can't and he will not settle for middle ground, any kind of a middle ground agreement on the land question. This is much more than decades-long disputes between Israel and the Palestinians over land issues or, or, or centuries or millennia worth of hostilities between Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau, even an array of empires going all the way back to Egypt. Oh, and by the way, there's one more yet to come. You see, it's always been about the land. And it will be in the near future. After saying all of that, it's extremely interesting to note all the talk in the Middle East, for that matter, plenty of other places also, regarding the amount of Bible prophecy that's now literally being fulfilled. Once raging nations of ancient hate move ever closer to establishing political, economic, and and even military ties with their Israeli neighbors. And let me say, this new era of cooperation will lead ultimately to a peace agreement, a coming foretold prophetic announcement that literally will stun the nations. Who has heard of such a thing? As as we've shared in previous episodes, Israel may well be back in the land. That's a that's a preliminary regathering that began back in 1948, and that happened against all odds and and continues to this day. But and and here's the catch: though they are back home, they're not yet home free. This is not the first return to the land. When the Jews returned from Babylon. There was a short-lived reviving. Listen to Ezra chapter 9, verse 8. But now, for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God to leave us a remnant and to give us a secure hold within his holy place, that our God may brighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our slavery. Verse 9. God has extended to us his his steadfast love before the kings of Persia. That's the Medo-Persian Empire. He's done that to grant us some reviving, to to set up the house of our God, to repair its ruins, and to give us protection in Judea and Jerusalem. 
Yes, there came from time to time a little relief, a little respite, and a little recess, but never, never were they ever able to keep the land. But also, even when they were in the land, never could they escape the clarion calls of their own prophets, that they would eventually drift back into idolatry and disobedience that, that would not be ended until that ultimate day, the day of the Lord. That's a future day, the day that would be preceded by the time of Jacob's trouble and the great tribulation throughout the world. Until then, the covenant nation would reel under cycles of persecution and occupation of successive kingdoms. And folks, that's been noted and validated throughout history. Where Israel is concerned, God cannot and will not settle the land issue, bringing lasting security apart from the promised righteousness of the everlasting covenant to that people. A divine act of of grace and mercy that will see Israel take the lead among the nations of the earth in the future millennium. And church, that promise will come about only at the return of the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Only a nation living in covenant righteousness in fulfillment of the Abrahamic and Davidic covenants will prompt that return. A reality seldom seen or considered by by either Israel or the church is that return will bring salvation not only to the remnant, but to the entire nation. Listen to Isaiah chapter 4 verse 3. And he who was left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who's been recorded for life in Jerusalem. See, what he's saying here is literally those who survive will live in everlasting righteousness. Those who who survive Jacob's trouble. And then in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21, the prophet says, Your people shall all be righteous. That's the longest word in the Bible. All. A-L-L. They shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I, God, might be glorified. You know, I believe God plans the millennium to prove that point. Settling once and for all in a public vindication before the entire world, his choice, election, if you will, of Israel and his everlasting covenant with them. Church, God has never promised uniform salvation to any other people group on the earth, only Israel. Listen to the Apostle Paul speaking to Gentile believers in Rome. Uh, Chapter 11, verse 25. Lest you be wise in your own sight. Church, that's contemporary language for don't get cocky, Gentiles. Paul goes on. I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery. There's a mystery connected here. There's something hidden here, brothers, that's yet to be revealed, a partial hardening. Hmm. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Now, that's a phrase that has often prompted questions. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it's written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Did you just hear that, what Paul said? 
And in this way, in this way, all Israel will be saved. What way? What does this way mean? A partial hardening until the fullness of the Gentiles? My Gentile brothers and sisters, this is this 2,000 year long conflict between church and synagogue will remain firmly in place until the mostly Gentile church, a body of believers, listen, filled to the overflowing, filled with overflowing with the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, outside all the conventional categories of religion and cultural influence in the most intense period in history, offering, offering to the Jew through word and deed the everlasting salvation of Messiah Yeshua to a covenant people running to and fro upon the earth, seeking places of refuge and what has eluded their hardened hearts for the past 2,000 years, covenant righteousness. Although the tribulation of those days will ignite the greatest revival in history with millions coming into the kingdom, Jew and Gentile, the unprecedented salvation in only one land and among only one people from the least to the greatest will come to the Jew. No one, no entire people group on the earth has ever been promised salvation in a day. As Paul said, all Israel will be saved. Why? Because the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob church. That's the day of the Lord. That's the return of Jesus. That's the salvation of all Israel. Church, have you ever wondered why a millennium? I promise it's related to what I just said about all Israel. Why would the Lord, after the great tribulation, all the devastation and bloodshed, why would he not make his final once and for all determination of the future of humanity at that time, heaven or hell? Now, it seems that would wrap things up in a pretty neat fashion. Why would he extend a millennial reign on the earth? That's a thousand years after his return. Well, there are plenty of people in and out of the church that can't conceive of such a scenario, a millennial uh, rule and reign of the Lord on the earth with survivors of the Great Tribulation, Jews and Gentiles who were, were not in relationship with the Lord, born again before the return of Jesus. Why? Why is this difficult to understand? Let me tell you. Because they don't comprehend and understand covenant. Put another way, they do not understand election. You know, we spoke to the issue of election in a recent podcast in the context of a, of a man and, and God's choice of the man going back to creation. He chose the man to lead, to protect, to head the spiritual leadership in the family. And it's been man's failure to embrace that chosenness, that election, if you will, that has significantly derailed civilization. God's right to choose, his right to elect, to call out, goes against everything imagined in unregenerative human flesh. And humanity as a whole does not understand covenant election in the first place. We argue over it all the time, at least as it pertains to the Jew, the covenant people. Therefore, it's little understood the necessity for a millennium. 
because it's it's through the millennium God will make his point. The Jew exists as distinct not only to preserve the holy word of God and to give the world Messiah, but, and I get this, I want you to get it, beloved, he chose his people, this people, a people that has been miraculously preserved against all odds as distinct among the nations. That through this people, the people of Israel, God might make his point and validate that that choice before the entire world for a thousand years, for a millennium. God chose his people and he's determined to bring about his choice and demonstrate his choice to the nations in a new age, an age that will look considerably different from this present evil age. You know, I I want to thank my good friend Reggie Kelly, who's done such a great service for the body of Christ by bringing this subject to light, especially as we approach the critical days ahead. This is a subject understood in its deepest meanings and what that will mean for the church at the end of the age. I know I want to pursue this with significant energy myself and especially covered in future episodes because never before have such a number of prophecies existed in such perfect alignment, some that have only fallen into place in the last few years. We talked about the Abraham Accords last summer and how several Islamic nations to Israel's south have entered into a significant peace agreement that opened the doors to normalized relations. And just earlier this month, March, Jared Kushner envoy to the Middle East for former President Donald Trump, has said that Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Oman, and Mauritania are on the brink of normalizing ties with Israel. Kushner says, we're witnessing the last vestiges of what has been known as the Arab-Israeli conflict. He continues, The Saudi people are starting to see that Israel is not their enemy. Relations with Israel are in the Saudi national interest and can be achieved if the Biden administration leads, according to Kushner. Folks, these are prophetic alignments taking place in real time, in the here and the now. For the first time, the right nations are in the right place for the final critical musts and complete fulfillment of prophecy. These nations to the south are are mentioned in prophecy as not opposing Israel in the final conflict with the Antichrist, a future event, and it's reasonably considered Egypt will soon also join this southern group of former hostile neighbors. In fact, Egypt is described in Daniel chapter 11, verse 42, and again in Isaiah 19 as being an object of the Antichrist's rage. Listen to Daniel 11.42. He, that's the Antichrist, shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. Or how about Isaiah chapter 19, verse 4? And I, that's God, I will give over the Egyptians into the hand of a hard master. That would be the Antichrist. And a fierce king will rule over them. That's all in the context of what would be the Antichrist. Meanwhile, in in the north, the very nations that harbor the everlasting hatred against Israel are shown in Ezekiel and elsewhere 
to bring the final siege upon Israel, Lebanon, Edom, that's modern-day Jordan, Assyria, that's modern-day Iraq, Persia, that's modern-day Iran, and only in the last few years, Turkey, the Togarma of Ezekiel chapter 38, has significantly changed its posture toward Israel from friendship into open hostility. Church, there's much to consider these days, and not a lot of media is invested in covering these unprecedented activities, primarily because there's a pandemic going on, but but I would suggest secular news organizations are pretty much ignorant of God's prophetic dealings these days at best. At worst, uh, they would find these revelations and declare them unjust and further marginalize the church. That being as it is, we know God's word will not return void and that he'll use these astonishing events to crowd the church into the bride without spot or wrinkle necessary for his return. Let's pray. Lord, the issue of Israel, the church, and the millennium is is probably the most important revelation the world could receive as we move closer to the crisis ahead. It sure tops in your agenda. We, I, I'll take responsibility for this. I have given over the years only a a rather novel notion to your election of Israel, a, a chosenness that will bring this covenant nation to a great day and a, and a terrible day. And Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me for that foolish ignorance. Bring your people, bring your church, and in particular, an understanding for your word on what must take place before your return. And Lord, we ask you to prepare our hearts to be a voice to the nations as we approach this time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, let me recommend an extremely valuable resource that will help you understand God's plan for His people, the church and the synagogue. It's called The Mystery of Israel. The key insights written by my friend Reggie Kelly, I I believe, is a clear prophetic voice at this time. You can access his website at, and I'm going to give this to you twice, so be able to write it down, the.mysteryofisrael.org. That's all one line, the.mysteryofisrael.org. That's all the time we have here today, so... God bless each and every one of you. And Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom.